This episode features depictions of graphic violence, animal cruelty, suicidal ideation, and the death of a child. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the Nikor. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Icelandic and Faroese legends for dramatic effect. Hello, I'm Vanessa Richardson. Welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Each week, we travel the world in search of the most epic creatures from myth and legend, exploring who they are, where they come from, and what they say about the culture they terrorized. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we walk beneath the northern lights for another eerie, monstrous tale of Iceland. We leave the forest and the field for the worlds beyond, the crystal-clear lakes nestled between high peaks that are verdant green for parts of the year. If you look closely, you may see a horse beside the water, its gray coat shimmering slightly in the sunlight. Your fingers itch to touch the smooth, glistening mane. Perhaps, if you're lucky, the horse will even let you ride it. But you must resist the urge. You must. Because once you mount the Nikur's back, it will never let you go. Coming up, a little girl makes a dangerous friend. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The seductive water spirit is a common archetype in world mythology. From the Greek sirens to the Brazilian Boto Encantado, often these figures take on a familiar, or at least appealing, human form. But Scandinavia does things a little differently. The Nikor is a malevolent amphibious beast that, according to some legends, can take on almost any form, human or animal, 
It can look like your neighbor fishing, a child playing by the lake, or even your own mother. But it prefers the look of a stunningly beautiful gray horse. The Nikur's prey are likely too awed by its majestic shape to notice its hooves, which have been twisted fully backwards. This disturbing feature is like a warning sign of sorts, the only one you'll get before things take a turn for the deadly. If you touch the Nikur, you discover that the smooth gray coat isn't smooth at all. It's as sticky as flypaper and twice as strong. Once you're bound to the Nikur, it runs for the water, diving down and rolling over to drown you. Your only hope of escape is calling the creature's name before it drags you down. Then the sticky skin releases and you can get to safety. It seems easy enough to avoid getting that far, of course. Don't touch any horses that don't belong to you. But the Nikur's favored victims aren't the best at following rules. You see, this monster prefers to take children. Alda did not remember her mother, but she did remember her funeral. She remembered the dark opening into the tomb, a stone frame inside a newly built hill. Alda watched as baubles and brooches vanished into the burial mound. The jewelry was beautiful, copper and brilliant blue quartz. Some were pieces Alda hadn't seen before. Her father put in the spindle from her mother's spinning wheel. He rested it against her tattooed hand. The ink had grown dark against her pale, cold skin. Symbols of strength and history, her name and her husband's looping around her wrist. Freya and Nilk, Nilk and Freya, together forevermore. But now they were parted. Alda's father had let her place a long necklace of beads around her mother's neck. They'd made them together, or so Alda was told. Alda wished she remembered more, but there was nothing else. Nothing except the horse. It was her mother's, a glacier white mare with big brown eyes. And it was terrified. Alda's relatives tugged the horse towards the mound. Her father stood before the mare, eyes red and swollen from crying. An angry blade glinted in his hand. The horse bucked and kicked, trying to tear free of the men's grip, but her father was too fast. The mare's neck opened up in a torrent of red, staining every inch of its snow-white chest. Its eyes rolled back, its tongue lolled, it twitched and went still. Then her father and his family shoved it into the grave. Alda's father told her that now her mother had a friend in the lands beyond, an escort if things got hard. Alda remembered thinking that friends chose to come with you. They rolled another great stone over the door and covered it with earth. It sat like that beside their home, so Alda's mother would always be close. That was all Alda really had of Freya. The rest was so distant, it felt like another one of her father's bedtime stories. Nilk crouched by the fire in their little house by the lake, arms outstretched like a bear coming to get her. 
and the Skugabalder scampered into the darkness, a cow's head in its teeth. Alda wrinkled her nose. Pobby, why is every monster just a combination of two things? It's like they're exaggerating on purpose, like when you tell the story about that reindeer that attacked you. Her father let out a good-natured laugh, but then his face fell. She knew that look. It was a frown that appeared every time he realized she was growing up. Well, yes, good night, Alda. He kissed her on the head, snuffed out the candle, and closed the door. Alda watched the glittering night sky. The glassy surface of the lake gave the full moon an eerie twin. Then a shape crossed the surface of the reflection. Ripples extended from the broken moon. Alda stepped to the window to get a better look. There was a horse standing in the moonlight. It was large, larger than her father's plow horse. Its coat was the same gray as the moon above its head. It was the most beautiful thing Alda had ever seen. She was outside before she'd realized she was moving. She'd forgotten her shoes and her coat. The wind from the lake sent chills up her bare legs beneath her nightgown. But if she didn't go now, the horse could disappear forever. This horse was bigger than her mother's murdered mare, but something about it reminded her of that poor beast, a certain nobility. It wanted to see her. Alda was forgetting something. She wasn't sure what, but a thought tugged at the back of her mind, like a cat digging its claws into your leg right before it fell. The horse was even more majestic up close. She felt an odd tingle in her fingertips. She needed to touch its flank, to feel that raw power covered by soft gray. But she knew she should be polite. Alda met the animal with a deep curtsy. Please, noble horse, may I pet you? The horse made no move to run. In fact, it gave a strangely human nod. Alda couldn't hide her joy as she slid her hand along the horse's shoulder. She wasn't able to slide very far. Something sharp dug into her hand, pinning it against the horse's hide. It felt like thousands of tiny, red-hot nails. She cried out in surprise. The horse only stared at her. She placed her other hand on the flank, trying to push herself free. Both hands stuck even tighter. Trying to pull away only made the horse's skin bite further into her palms. Alda pleaded with the horse, Please let me go. I'll give you an apple. All the apples and crowberries in the world. The horse didn't answer. Instead, it began to move. Slowly at first, then faster. Faster until Alda was dragged beside it rather than running, her spindly legs bouncing and scraping against the ground. She screamed for help, but her cries only echoed across the wide lake. The horse crashed into the water and kept going. The ice-cold current swallowed Alda's head. She tried to pull herself up and came out sputtering. She begged it to stop. Please! <coughs> Please! The horse just kept swimming. It shifted in the water, dunking Alda again. It took all her strength to lift her torso out of the water, struggling for air. She begged the creature to let her go. 
In her panic, a story came back to her, one of her father's silly tales. Only this wasn't the Skugabalder. It was the Nikor. Then she realized what she was supposed to do. She opened her mouth wide, ready to scream the monster's name. Nik! She began. But she never finished. The horse plunged beneath the surface, taking her with it leaving only still water and the reflection of the moon. Coming up, Alda's father goes looking for trouble. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from the ParCast series Mythology. Every Tuesday, join me on a wondrous journey back in time. Exploring the most epic battles, sweeping love stories, and harrowing adventures ever told. Heroes, gods, monsters, mayhem. This podcast has it all. From the Knights of the Round Table and Hori the Hunter to Paradise Lost and the Lost City of Atlantis. Each episode of Mythology dramatizes history's greatest stories, bringing their origins to life and giving insight into how our ancestors saw the universe. Ancient myths, modern twists. Catch new episodes of Mythology every Tuesday and binge the classics anytime. Listen free only on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now back to the story. Nilk stayed up all night. He watched the still lake and the dark trees. He looked at the moon so long he swore he'd seen it move. But still, Alda did not come home. It wasn't like Alda to run off. His daughters knew how nervous he got, how alone they were. Nilk had resisted all his friends' attempts to get him to remarry. He was fine with it just being the three of them. Him, Alda, and his memories of Freya. But now he felt like he was losing Freya all over again. He went out into the morning darkness, calling Alda's name. When there was no reply, he went to the neighbors. They searched too. The whole town searched. One day passed, then another. No strangers had passed through town. There were no freak floods or sudden snowstorms. Alda had just vanished or been taken. The neighbors whispered to each other as if they thought Nilk couldn't hear. She's gone, you know. The Nikur probably took her. There were several beastly things that liked to take children. Monsters and ghosts. The most comforting option was that she crossed paths with the Hulda folk. That was better because at least she'd likely return soon. Nilk hoped for it until someone mentioned they'd seen a white horse down by the lake. There hadn't been a Nikor in these parts since... since Freya died, since she was found drowned. Nilk hated the thought. Believing in the unseen meant knowing what they could do to you. Alda's skepticism wouldn't have saved her, neither would her youth. 
He shivered as he stood on the porch of their little house, his broad body wrapped in a blanket his wife had given him before she died. It was supposed to be big enough to hold him, Freya, and Alda. Now it felt like it was swallowing him up. The wind was high enough to make ripples in the lake. The reflection of the night sky swelled and fell like cloth on a clothesline. Nilk sighed. Ah, Alda, where are you? Something was standing on the shore of the lake. No, someone. His wife was there. Freya. His Freya was standing on the cold sand with the wind at her back. She gave him the slightest wave. Nilk dropped the blanket and ran for the water. Every instinct told him not to. The dead could be touched. It didn't make them less dead. And yet for just this moment, he didn't care. Freya, Freya, I've missed you so much. She opened her arms to him. Come to me, my love. Come look at the moon with me. Nilk still couldn't believe it. He could barely move from the shock. Freya, what are you doing here? She smiled gently. You needed me, my love. I could feel it from the graveyard. Nilk's heart broke all over again. It wasn't her. It never had been. He should have known. You weren't buried in the graveyard, Freya. You were buried here, on our land. The thing that was not Freya laughed in a way that didn't sound like Freya at all. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, my love. I forgot. Nilk felt rage rising within him. It would have been painful enough to face a ghost of his beloved wife, but now he was being toyed with. What are you, ghoul, huldefolk? The thing that was not Freya blinked at him in that same strange way. I don't know what you mean, my love. Nilk closed his fists at his sides, pulse racing. I am not your love. I know what you are. He felt a sob building in his chest, but he wouldn't give the monster the satisfaction of seeing his pain. He yelled, Nikur, you monster, you animal, you murderer. You're not welcome here. You never were. Leave my family alone. The thing that was not Freya blinked yet again, like she'd been struck with a very bright light. Then she began to change. Her spine broke with a sickening crack. She fell to all fours, her brown dress lightening until it was almost white. It fused to her body as her face grew longer and longer, her eyes wider and wider. Within moments, Nilk's wife was gone. A gray mare with backwards hooves was standing in her place, staring at him. Nilk wasn't frightened, just angry. I told you to go, so go! You have no power here. I've said your name. The beast didn't move. It only watched him with big brown eyes. Nilk wanted to hit the creature. He wanted to shove it into the water and hold it down until it thrashed and bucked and didn't move anymore. But that would be too great a risk. He would be stuck to its skin, dragged below, and this would be over. 
The cost of catharsis would be his life. So he took a deep breath and turned his back on the Nikur. He headed back towards the house. The Nikur followed him. Nilk kept walking, not turning his head as he spoke over his shoulder. I'm not fooled by you. Leave. The hoofbeats kept coming. Nilk picked up the pace. Go away. The hoofbeats did not stop. If anything, they seemed to be picking up speed. Nilk stepped onto the porch, refusing to look behind him. He stomped inside and slammed the door. He finally let the tears come. They clung to his pale beard, already streaked with gray. He leaned up against the door, his chest heaved with sobs. He was alone. His wife was gone. His child was gone. The monster had been waiting outside his house to take them all. He had nothing. Perhaps he should have confronted the Nikur after all. What other use could he be? Then he heard something that stopped his heart cold. Pobby? It was his daughter's voice. Coming up, Nilk gets his hands on a monster. Whether you're working out or working on your high score, you never settle for less. So why should it be any different when you choose your protein drink? Rockin' Protein comes in three delicious flavors, has 30 grams of protein, and is always made with fresh milk. So you're never left with that chalky taste. Rockin' Protein. Never settle for less than a great-tasting, high-quality protein drink. Visit rockinprotein.com to find Rockin' Protein wherever you are. Rockin' Protein and Shamrock Farms are registered trademarks of Shamrock Foods Company. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 123124. Excludes tax must up into rewards. Now back to the story. Dying flames popped in the fireplace as Nilk stood with his back against the door, listening. Pobby? It couldn't be Alda. It was impossible. His daughter had been missing for two days. He'd just dealt with a Nikor, a shapeshifter masquerading as his wife, Freya. This had to be it once again, wearing his daughter's face. The soft voice whispered again. Bobby, it's cold out here. Please. This didn't sound like the fake version of Freya had. This sounded like Alda. Same nervousness, same little girl fears in a big girl's body. That could be because the beast had just met Alda. It could have heard her speak and then killed her. Or it could really be Nilk's daughter at the door, and he could be making a horrible mistake by leaving her out in the cold. Alda, is that you? Her voice was small, pressed close to the wooden door. Yes, Pobby. Please open up. It's me. Nilk's hands moved before his mind told them to. The first lock opened, then the second. He threw the bolt and swung the door wide. She certainly looked like Alda. Nilk tried to imagine a large horse fitting inside his 12-year-old daughter's skin. It didn't seem possible. He wanted this miracle to be true so very, very badly. Alda smiled up at him. Pobby, hug? Nilk took quick stock of the moment. 
If it was her, it was a miracle to be celebrated. If it wasn't, well, the worst had already happened to him, hadn't it? He embraced her. She was so small, but so warm and wet, soaked, drenched, really. Nilk didn't break the hug. Alda, why are you wet? Were you in the river, the, the lake? Alda smiled brilliantly. Both, Pobby. Come look at them with me. She didn't move. Do you need me to lead? She beamed. Always, Pobby. Nilk's heart sank to the bottom of that cursed lake. It wasn't her. There was nothing left, nothing but a watery grave. Fine, he said, his voice flat. Let's go to the lake. This other Alda's smile looked nothing like his Alda. His Alda was independent, strong. She didn't cling to him. He'd always liked that about her. Nilk felt the Nikur's skin dig its tiny nails into his flesh, holding on as his daughter's body curved upward. It bent, broke, and changed into the majestic, horrible horse, with Nilk's hands still fixed around the beast's newly broadened shoulders. He did his best to pull his legs tight against his stomach so he was hanging off the monster. He prayed that his strength would hold and he could avoid being trampled before he was drowned. Nilk held on as best he could as the beast took off, galloping towards the water. Nilk's bones rattled with each step. He could feel the beast's heart thundering inside its massive chest. They crashed into the water. The lake was even colder than he expected. He felt every inch of his skin go numb beneath his clothes. Nilk tried to focus on that numbness, to find some degree of peace as the horse dove deeper, swimming languidly towards the bottom. His lungs were burning, nostrils too. He consoled himself with the notion that it would be over soon. Then he could rest, maybe even be with the people he loved. An eerie sound floated through the water. Pobby? Nilk shook his head. How was the Nikor doing this? He could see the creature's mouth up above, jaw set as it swam. But the words still came to him. Pobby, say its name. Nilk shook his head again. No, it was too late, trick or not. The voice got louder. Pobby, say its name. Nilk didn't want to. He wanted to rest, but as his lungs ached and his ears throbbed and guilt bubbled up inside him, something shifted. It wasn't that he wanted to live, that would have been too simple, but Alda told him to. How could he not obey? Nilk tried to yell the word Nikur into the water, but no sound came. He needed to get to the surface if he was going to have a chance, and that distance was getting longer every second. Nilk braced his feet against the Nikur's stomach and pulled at his hands as hard as he could. The water swallowed his screams of pain, losing more and more precious air. He pushed and pushed, even as he felt his numb skin begin to rip. He kicked his legs upwards as hard as he could, willing his strength to be greater than the beast beside him. The Nikor seemed confused. 
The idea that someone would resist once they were beneath the water had apparently never crossed its mind. Human-like teeth glinted in the equine mouth as it reared back in the dark water. The Nikur folded its legs tightly to its body and rolled. Nilk's world spun on his axis. He twisted and kicked wildly at whatever he could find. Something squelched. The Nikur reared backwards, releasing Nilk. His stinging hands finally ripped free of the creature. He spun through the water for about four more rotations before righting himself and rushing for the surface. He breached in a spray of saliva and foam to yell, Nikur! 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 He looked below him, searching for any sign that the beast was going to return. But the lake was glass, aside from the ripples his tiny presence created. Nilk staggered onto the shore, coughing up water as he slipped on the slick pebbles. Then he collapsed, laughing hysterically. He was alive. He was alive. Each breath was an effort, and his lungs still burned, but he was alive. He turned over on his back, laying on the sand to catch his breath. The moon shimmered up above, and the lake shimmered down below. It was a beautiful sight, hard fought for and hard won. And as he looked up for a moment, just a moment, he swore he could feel Freya and Alda's hands in his. Or at least he hoped it was them. He wasn't sure he could ever trust his senses again. Creatures like the Nikor appear in legends all across Scandinavia and even down into the British Isles. This is because horses are considered sacred and magical creatures within Norse legend, and the most potent of horses were grey. It was said that Odin's eight-legged mount Sleipnir could travel to the realm of hell and back. This may be why over 100 early Icelanders were buried with their horses. The public ritual slaughter of the deceased's beloved animal was believed to do great honor to the dead. But one has to wonder what it did to the living. Horses were a vital part of life for Iceland settlers. Practically, they needed them to till the land and grow food. On top of that, horses have been used as therapy and companion animals since prehistory, thanks to their ability to bond with, care for, and protect humans. To kill one for a deceased relative was a powerful choice, and perhaps not an easy one. It might feel more intuitive to pet a horse, even a strange, backwards-hoofed one. But the Nikur reminds us that we must never forget the wild spirit of these fiercely intelligent animals. They are beautiful, they're powerful, and they have minds of their own, minds that comprehend fear, loathing, and loss. The Vikings sent horses out of this world with their deceased riders. Perhaps the Nikur is a simple reminder that they are capable of returning the favor. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with another Monster of Iceland. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. 
I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Alex Button, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Jen Rache, edited by Robert Teamstra and Nora Battelle, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Adriana Gomez, and produced by Travis Clark. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 